Listener Production. KickPod acknowledges the traditional owners and custodians of the land in which we're recording this podcast, the Yulikut Woolen Clan of the Boon who are part of the Kulin Nation. We pay our respects to their elders, past, present and emerging, and extend our respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. Welcome to the KickPod, your DM on the stuff that matters, but also the stuff that doesn't. Let's get into today's episode, but before we do, we did just want to have a trigger warning here for anyone that may be triggered by the topic of restrictive eating. If you or anyone you know wants to reach out for help, you can call the Butterfly National Helpline on 1-800-ED-HOPE, so may recommend skipping it if this episode may be triggering in any way. Hello. Oh, we both went to say hello at the same time. Hi. <laughs> Why did you say it like that? <laughs> welcome back. Uh, welcome back to the listeners. Welcome back to you, Laws. Okay. Welcome back to me. Welcome back to Mandy. No one welcomes this up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we have. Oh, anyway, let's, a, okay, let's not amazing. let anyone think that the start of the episode is, is something a good to representation no, of this episode. I agree because it is a shocking intro. But a but great a episode. Great episode. <laughs> we have the incredible Sammy Rose on today with us. And Sammy is our brand new Kick Strength Master Trainer. And we are so excited to have her a part of the Kick Squad. If you are not sure who Sammy is, she is a counselor and coach for anxiety, binge eating, and body image, and also a personal trainer. Her mission is very aligned with us at Kick, which is why we were so stoked to get her on board. Um, and particularly to help people make peace with food and their bodies and to be kinder to themselves. So if you want to find out more about Sammy, you can head to her website and Instagram. We'll pop all of her information in our show notes. But something that really stood out to us with Sammy is her story. And that is something that she shares within this podcast. She um, has gone on quite a journey over the last decade, much like yourself, and I laws um, when it comes to eating and exercise and the way that she treated her body in the past and has learned a lot through it. So she's incredible. We're so excited to have her. We hope you guys have been enjoying her workouts and her affirmations in the app. I certainly have. Same. They're so good. Um, and yeah, I hope you enjoy getting to know her a little bit more as well in this podcast today. Sammy. Welcome. I want to say welcome on so many levels. Welcome to the Kick Pod. <laughs> so but also levels. welcome to the Kick Squad. Like we oh, are so that's rhyming. Yeah. Well, you know what? I didn't practice that. But honestly, we are so excited to have you part of the Kick family and we know our community are already so excited. And it was so nice just offline hearing you, you know, say out of the the announcement that you are coming on board that you've had such positive feedback from, you know, your own community and ours too. And I think that's that's so special and I'm so happy to hear that. It's been like the most exciting, like since it got announced, like I've obviously been waiting and trying to like keep the secret for a little while and not tell anyone. And it's just like been such an amazing alignment. Like so many people have said, this is so aligned. This is so perfect. And I'm like, oh, I'm so glad that that's come through because obviously like between the three of us, we know like that that's kind of what we're really going for. Oh, we're so lucky to have you. We're so excited to have you on board. And it's one of those things that with the way we shoot content at Kick, 
we shoot quite far in advance. And so not being able to oh, share God. any of the content with I you know. in it. So anyway, it's so exciting to, to, yeah, to finally have you and be able to talk about it publicly. I know. I'm like, oh, I've just been holding this for so long. And this was such a weight off my shoulders to be like, oh, thank God I can tell everyone. Because I also didn't, like I told some of my friends, but I didn't. I didn't want to say too oh much. Oh my God, you're so sweet. <laughs> so like there are so many people that are like, oh my God, I actually like have a subscription to the app. This is so oh, wild awesome. that like my friend is going to be on it. That was really cool. <laughs> that's really, really special to hear. Um, and obviously we've just touched on the fact that our brands are so aligned to yours and everything that you put out there. And obviously you have had, and what we know, your story and what you've gone through. I would love for you to take this time to let our Kick Squad, who may not know you, know about your your story. You are a binge eating and body coach and counsellor outside of being a PT as well. And what was it that got you to this point of what you do today? That is a good question. I think so much of what I do now is that I am trying to be the person that I needed, you know, five, six, ten years ago even, where I had my own kind of body image issues growing up. I was always a little chubbier than my friends um, and I always was comparing to them and felt less than and I grew up a dancer as well. So a lot of body focus just in being in classes and things Mm. like that. And I got into my fitness journey like early 20s um, and just started to love it, fell in love with the gym, felt amazing, you know, growing stronger and like learning all of these new techniques and that was so very exciting but I was kind of going on a weight loss journey at the same time. And I was like, oh, I need something to kind of push me a little further. I had this goal number in my head that for some reason I thought was going to be that thing that was like, yeah, it was going to make me happy. I was like, okay, this is, this is what I'm aiming for. I've got to push for this. Um, So I ended up doing a fitness competition, like a bodybuilding competition, which was very extreme and kind Mm. of set me off on a really quite intense journey for around a two-year period. I did nine shows in two years, which is a lot. It was basically just constant extreme dieting, excessive exercise for like that two-year period. It's your life. Yeah, I had to live and breathe it. I missed out on birthdays and social events because I was like, I just, you know, I have to stick to what I'm told to eat and how when I have to train and all of Mm. these things. And it just... It went from a really healthy thing when I first started training to then just totally going to extremes and it just permeating through every inch of my life to the point where I just, I felt like I didn't have a life. Every sort of thought of mine was around food and when I can eat and when I can train and how do I look and did my weight drop and it just became a really unhealthy thing for me, which, you know, it started as a hobby and it just totally took a turn. Um, And when I came off the back of that, there was a point where I was like, my body can't sustain this anymore. I can't sustain this in terms of life. Like I'm missing out on so many things. I can't, you know, my boyfriend at the time was like, we can't even go on like a little date night or anything because you have to always be prepping your food and all of these things. Um, So I had to stop. And when I stopped restricting, I completely swung the other way. I had a lot of issues with binge eating for a good couple of months. I gained a fair bit of weight in a short period of time. I think it was around 12 kilos within like two to three months and then continued to gain a little bit more after that just because I was so restricted for so long and I was like finally I can eat things and I just wanted to eat everything inside and that was a really hard time both with my relationship with food and my relationship with my body because while I was competing and even kind of before that when I was getting on my fitness journey I was starting to get more followers people were really invested in my journey and like Mm. rooting for me while I was competing but I had this audience of 
40 to 50,000 followers at the time that then knew me as this girl that had the six-pack abs and that was like, shreddy and do this and do that, um, that all of a sudden I didn't, I didn't have that body and I didn't have that identity anymore. So it was also a little bit of an identity crisis. And I just felt like nobody got it. Like I went to a psychologist at one point and I was like, I just don't know how to eat like a normal person. I don't know how to go out for dinner and have something that isn't perfectly healthy. Like, I don't know, it's like sushi or something. Mm. I didn't know how to just have something like that and go home and not binge because mm. for me it was so good or bad. And if I had something out of that realm, it just, it snowballed. Mm. So I was coaching, health and fitness coaching at the time and um, still did a lot of fat loss challenges and all of those kinds of things along with my personal training. But through everything that I went through and talking more in depth with a lot of my clients, mm. they were kind of struggling with some of the same things. So I started to learn a lot more about it. I did some courses and ended up deciding that I wanted to go even deeper into the mindset side of things and study counseling. Um, so that's been amazing in the last couple of years to basically just be able to help people that were struggling with what I was struggling with, you know, five or so years ago. Um, and it's been really healing for me as mm. well to be like, oh gosh, like I wish that there was someone like me at the time. Or I mean, there probably was, but I couldn't find that person. Mm. So it's just been such a lovely full circle moment to have gone through everything and now to be helping people like that, that are in that exact same position. Um, it's a very, very fulfilling change for me. It's so amazing. It's really interesting when, when you were speaking about fitness competitions, I remember back when I had, I was never diagnosed with an eating disorder, but I had patterns of disordered eating and I was definitely excessively exercising. And mm -hmm. as you were saying, with the control, exercise and food was controlling my, mm -hmm. myself, yeah. my being, my world, everything, what I was doing, social, et cetera. And it's interesting because it, I think now at one stage I considered doing a fitness competition so I would have a reason to be extremely yeah. restrictive. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. I do think for women in particular, it is quite a, if you have ever had a, like a harder relationship with food and exercise, that would be very hard to make that not unhealthy because it is so restrictive. You have to count macros, you have mm -hmm. to count calories, et cetera. So for me, it would, be, it would have been extremely triggering and I'm very happy I didn't go down that mm -hmm. path because I think it would have cannibalized my problems I had with food and exercise. It's hard because it promotes kind of the way you look as the only way to measure the success of, in quotation marks, living a healthy lifestyle. Mm. Yeah, which is the craziest thing that it's a fitness competition and I, I guess I was fit to an extent, but that was... Do you do any weight? Do you, you don't have to showcase any of your... Apart, you do the body poses, but do you have to showcase any strength or... No, it's literally it just a pageant. Yeah. You just stand there in like a little sparkly bikini and they just, they judge your body and that's literally all you get judged mm. on, which is fine. And I guess like for some people, it's totally okay. It's not necessarily triggering across the board. But I think for anyone that has any kind of history of disordered eating or body yeah. image concerns, it just really puts it in this absolute like under a microscope situation. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's just... I think I took it way too far because also there were all these eyes on me and people were so excited and cheering me on and going through this journey. I was like, oh my God, like this is mm. so cool that people are rooting for me. But it it did put so much emphasis on how I looked. And that was probably more so coming from myself than other people. It wasn't necessarily that I felt an external pressure, at least to begin with. But I think once I had started doing it, started mm. growing more of a following and all of these people were so invested, I then kind of felt like I'd boxed myself into a corner as well of, well, this is, this is what people 
people know me for. People know me as the girl that does the challenges as a fitness coach and the girl that has the abs that like this was when the explore page was really big on Instagram mm. and I would do like headless ab shots that were literally just like a six pack mm. in a little Nike bra or something and they would go viral and that's mm -hmm. how I got a lot of my following and I was like now I have to keep doing this because that's that's what my identity kind of became or at least I, I thought so. So it was really difficult then to kind of move away from that and be like, okay, well, if I gain weight or if I stop competing or if anything changes, is my following going to disappear? And mm. therefore, is my business going to tank? Are people not going to want to work with me because I don't have this appearance anymore? So there was so much pressure behind it in my own head. And it was a really wonderful and I guess very unique experience for me that I, I had the opportunity to change and grow in front of all of mm. those eyes and see that nothing terrible happened mm. and see that actually people were so supportive and, you know, stuck by me. I'm sure a few people unfollowed me here and there, but for the most part, you know, my socials were completely fine. People were just like, no, we're happy that you're happy. and Because you, yeah. your value is not in the way that you look yeah. and the way that you're yeah. yeah. And for anyone that looked at you and had that, you know, that was the most important thing in their mind and might have dropped off, you don't need them in your life anyway. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh my God, 100%. Yeah, yeah. 100%. I yeah. want to ask, Sammy, because you mentioned that throughout, I suppose, that journey, your your body then did change and it was a realisation to you that it was like, um, this isn't something that I can sustain. It's not a lifestyle I can sustain. And obviously, I think one of the setbacks, I'm sure, in your journey was focusing on, is this all people follow me for? Is this the only thing I'm ever going to get validation for? Were there other things that along the journey to being who you are now and the way that you respect your body and the way that you look at food and exercise now, along the journey, what other setbacks kind of came up? Um, I think that was probably the biggest one, just kind of in my head, making peace with that, like, I don't look this way anymore mm -hmm. and focusing on kind of what I had to offer. Mm -hmm. um, but I got to a pretty good place a couple of years ago with my body. It, you know, it took me probably a solid two years after getting out of dieting yeah. and all of that stuff to really just feel like myself again and, and feel kind of neutral at least. Um, but then, you know, the pandemic happened mm -hmm. and I've been struggling with an injury and both of those things have changed the way I can train and I, I can't lift as heavy as I used to, which has been really frustrating. Obviously, there were gym closures and that, that threw around my mojo. So my body has changed and my lifestyle has changed again since then in the last couple of years. Um, so I've kind of had to repeat this process again and totally. just keep reminding myself, like, that's not what I'm here for. It's okay if my body changes. You know, I still have something really great to offer. And I guess because I'd already gone through it the first time, it was much easier to just kind of continue thinking that way. But sometimes I do have to, like, manually override thought patterns in my head. Like, when I did gain a little bit of weight when the pandemic first happened, like, I still had those kind of thoughts very briefly. Like, oh, should I? Should I do something? Should I make sure I'm like, I don't know, exercising more at home just to make sure I don't gain any more weight? And they're very brief, very passing thoughts now compared mm. to what they used yeah. to. They really used to make me change my behaviors. And now I can just kind of observe those thoughts from afar and be like, mm, okay, they're just thoughts. I don't have to act on them. Mm -hmm. uh, I can just let them pass. And they do. And I think that's just been such a game changer. While I mostly don't have those thoughts it's very rare when I do, at least if they still pop up every now and then, because, you know, we've been kind of conditioned to think that way Absolutely. our whole life. Um, I'm very easily able to just distance myself and go, mm, we don't need to listen to that. That's okay. That's just a little inner mean girl that's just been there all my life and she can just get out of the way. <laughs> And you mentioned this, I mean, thank you for sharing that. I think yeah. that's such, such great advice. It is it's the inner mean girl or I suppose the inner toxic diet culture that's kind of mm. seeped in over time. 
You mentioned growing up and because I think it's really interesting our relationship with our bodies. We don't think about our bodies until we go to school around about. For some people it's earlier, some people it's later. But up until that point, our bodies are just our bodies. We don't, it's this beautiful innocence that we don't think about them in any way whatsoever except that. We don't think about our weight. We don't think about anything except just living our lives and they don't, we don't let them hold us back from anything. But then there's a time where that changes and all of a sudden it's, it's completely different and we think about our body all the time. Can you remember the time where you started to think about your body mm. as more than just a thing? I don't know if there was a definitive moment. I'd say probably maybe entering into puberty was it became more apparent then. I think I probably compared myself in earlier years, but I didn't really have the negative association as much around like being bigger or being mm. different. I just kind of noticed that I looked different, but it wasn't inherently a bad thing in my mind. Yeah. Um, but definitely, yeah, entering puberty, high school in particular, um, you know, people can be mean and I, you know, got comments here and there just because bullies are bullies, yeah. you know. Um, but I think it was probably more so in my own head that things changed when I started probably around 15 or 16, I started really comparing to like other people that I knew, but mostly like this was when magazines were really mm. big, um, which I guess is kind of a similar thing to social media mm. now, but I was really getting into magazines when I was in my sort of late high school years. And that's when it was the era of um, like the Olsen twins, Nicole Richie, yeah. Lindsay Lohan, when they were very thin. And I, I loved them and I idolized them. And for some reason, like I got very caught up in just comparing myself mm. to like them, I think it's the Olsen twins and Nicole Rich are also tiny, like short wires like me. And so I was like, oh my God, they're so cute and petite. I want to be like that. Nothing at all like my structure. And for some reason, I thought I could look like that. And I just like got it in my head that that's how I want to look. And so for me, it was just that pressure that was so internal. And I guess there were elements of external things because, you know, we're taught all of these things from the early days mm. that like, thinner is better and you should always be tired. Or smaller is better. I feel yeah, like for women, totally. smaller is yeah. better. It's smaller and it's smooth, right? Because mm, those mm. those magazines, those same magazines that often showed celebrities and even these celebrities who have now openly said that they had eating disorders back then, show them up in this positive light and then they also tear women down when they're like at the beach and they've got cellulite or, oh God, you know, the it's... The worst beach bodies? Are you joking? Oh, <sighs> yeah, that's actually so a threat of that. So it was best and worst beach mm, bodies. Yeah. And like that... Told you, I guess, as a teen seeing that, okay. I remember you got cellulite, those, being scared. Yeah, about it. this is it a did. bad thing. Like, it literally would put it being like, mm. this is a bad beach body if mm. you look like this. And I was like, oh shit, I look like that. That's not good. It's horrible. Oh, it's, it is so frustrating and sad that that innocence just, it just gets lost. Yeah. Sammy, I'm sure you've helped so many people with this same kind of dilemma, but what would you say to people who want to start their health journey, regardless of whether it's got anything to do with the way that they look or their weight? You know, everyone's got their own goals and everything. That might be the starting place for some people. But how do people get started without or trying to avoid spiraling into it being obsessive, something that becomes their life? because they become so attached to a certain thing. So how does one start a healthy journey in like a healthy way? 
Starting small is always really important. Mm. Um, I like to work with my clients on envisioning what their kind of ideal life looks like. Mm. So if you had a magic wand and tomorrow you could wake up and whether it's the body that you want to be in or whether it's the life you want to be in, what does that look like? Do you get up and go for a beautiful morning walk or go for a run? Or are you someone that goes to the gym consistently? Do you meditate? You know, what are the things that you would do if you magically could be that person, even if right now that feels really hard for you? Okay, that then is the blueprint for what we're working towards. How can we really slowly shift towards that? Because a lot of the time there are things that you can do now Mm. that still emulate that ideal life. So if you want to be a runner, but you're like, oh my God, I suck at running. I can't do it. I'll wait until I'm fitter to run. Okay, well, you're never going to get fitter. (laughs) But if you envision, no, in my dream life, I'm a runner. I run three times a week by the river. Okay, well, you can start running three times a week by the river now. You might suck at it, but that's okay. It's all right if you go for a run and it's really slow and you run a tiny bit and you walk the rest of the way. If you're living a life as if this is what I'll do when I'm a runner, but it's just a smaller scale version, you're going to get to that person quicker. Mm -hmm. But it's going to make sure that you're making sure your life is aligned with what you genuinely think would feel good down the track. Because sometimes people think, oh, like, if I lose weight, everything will be better. Or once I get to whatever goal it is, things are going to drastically change. And that's not always the case, especially if, you know, in the sense of weight loss in particular, we think we're going to be so much more confident. And I'm sure you guys know from your own journeys, like being, you know, thin or having a perceived good body doesn't mean you don't have body insecurities, doesn't mean you won't have a bad relationship with food. Like, all of these things can still happen in whatever body you're in. And sometimes we take really unhealthy measures to get there and measures that make us really unhappy, like we have to sacrifice so much to get there. Why are we doing things that we hate that make us miserable Mm. for the end goal of feeling good? Like those things don't actually match up. So it's really just figuring out what would actually feel good for me in the long run and what are just really small things, 10% better each week that get me a bit closer to that person. Mm, I love that so much. And I think by starting small, and this is something that we talk to a lot in Kickers, is finding that journey for yourself and that, you know, someone's healthy lifestyle looks totally different to the next person's. I think by starting small, you might never get to that that person that you first initially thought was your goal, but along the way you found, oh, actually, I'm really happy at this point. Yeah. And this is something I can sustain. And this is realistic. Because I think that's the thing. A lot of people go into it and change so many different aspects of their life. Like they completely change the diet, completely change their lifestyle and how much they see their friends or they go out. They completely change the way that they exercise or what type of exercise it is. And all of that at once can be a lot. And I think... It's unsustainable. It is. It is. And I think this way, it's like you might actually never get to running by the river three days a week and in your mind running it nonstop, like at a certain pace or whatever, mm-hmm. but you still enjoy running three days a week and stopping or going at a, a slower pace than you yeah. ever thought was your goal. But you realize that's actually where I sit happily. Yeah. And that actually happens quite a lot yeah. in the clients that I work with now because I mostly work with people who do come from a more sort of disordered or extreme background with health and fitness. And they come to me to kind of find a bit more balance, figure out what is a good routine for me in terms of training where I don't take it to crazy town. Um, And so much of the time they come to me with certain goals that do change over time. Once we Mm. just go, you know what, cool, we'll put that as a, a down the track goal, but let's really just focus on consistency or let's focus on balance and feeling really good. And almost all of the time, they get to a point where they're like, I don't really care so much about that stuff. Or I'm really having fun doing X, Y, Z instead. And I didn't realize I could 
enjoy moving my body in this way or I didn't realize that I didn't have to be doing cardio if I hate it or whatever it may be. And that's always such a lovely moment, especially when it's, oh, I I actually am happy not losing weight because I'm feeling so good doing these things in the body that I'm in. Like that's my favorite little like, yes. Mm. (laughs) Because I would never tell someone that they're not allowed to lose weight. People have autonomy. They're allowed to do whatever they want. But I think like for me on a personal level, that's one of my favorite moments with clients where they're like, I don't, I don't care about that anymore. Like I feel so good. And I'm like, yes, because if you are aiming for something with the end result to feel good, that thing isn't always necessarily the thing that will make you feel good. There's so many other things along the way that might even make you feel better. So it's like a nice little light bulb moment for them. I love that. And in speaking about things that make you feel good, you are our new strength trainer. (laughs) So your classes are amazing (laughs) strength classes. Tell us about your strength classes and also why you love strength training. Oh, that is a good question. Well, why I love strength training is like, it just just makes you feel badass. Mm. Like I love getting stronger. And I think in my journey of accepting my body and, and putting aside aesthetics, strength has been such a massive thing for me that, you know, it gives you a sense of achievement. It feels really empowering. You have something that kind of encourages you to keep moving your body, but you're seeing yourself progress because I really thrive off like growth and evolution. Mm. I don't like to stay the same for too long. And so it gives me something to push for that is just so satisfying to be like, oh, great, I'm using heavier dumbbells this week, or I've learned a new lift, or I, I don't know, used to only be able to do pull-ups with a band, and now I can do them completely body weight. Like, it's just such a massive win to be able to do that. Um, or even just to be able to get through a whole class. Like for people who are doing my workouts, like they they might be hard mm. initially. You might need to use really light weights or mm-hmm. hit pause for a little while and recover. But if you can then come back and after a couple more times, get through the entire thing, like what a win. That's mm. such an achievement. So I'm really excited to have people giving it a go and mm. see what they think. Um, but it was really a lot of fun shooting and filming with you guys and training <laughs> you. I'm like, oh my God, that was like such a cool moment for me. Oh, <laughs> that's really special. I mean, it was the best moment for us. I think it's it's a match made in heaven and getting to shoot with you was was really fun. And as we said at the start of the podcast, like we're just so glad that people can, you know, now try your workouts. I do wonder, hearing you speak about strength training, there's so much I relate to in that because I, I love strength. I think it's one of my favorite. It's probably my preferred type of training. How's your relationship though when you go and do a workout and you can't up your weight or you're not even doing the weight that you did the last time? You know, for whatever reason, you're having an off day or maybe you've had a break and you've lost some strength. Mm-hmm. How do you feel with that? Is that fine for you? Have you got to a place where you're like, well, it's all right. I'll just pick, pick this yeah, weight up. That's most fine. of the time, it's fine. I'll, I won't say all of the time because I have been battling a back injury for the last probably two years and deadlifts have always been my thing. I'm quite strong. My biggest deadlift, I'm going to brag, 137.5 kilos. That's oh my God. I saw a video on TikTok the other day where you did 100 and you're like, oh, I can't go anymore. And I was like, what, 100? <laughs> what do you mean? And that's just like, that's doing something that I thrive off. Like I have, a, I want to be able to deadlift 150 kilos. I've never gotten anywhere close, but I will. I will one day and that's going to be a great moment. Um, so I love pushing for stuff like that. But with my back, I have so many flare-ups. Yeah. I can't always deadlift. I'm so inconsistent with it that it's really hard to keep growing. So you've got to think of other things that you're getting from that journey. And I guess strength training specifically, yes, there are the performance improvements and all of that, but also I want a healthy body when I'm 80, you know? Mm. I want my, like, 
skeleton to be encased in something that can like help me keep moving up and down stairs and things like that. And I think even if I'm not training super heavy or I'm not progressing all of the time, just activating those muscles, keeping really mobile, doing, you know, my mobility work and things like that. It's so important. Plus, it's so good for my mood. I definitely notice the difference if I'm not training very consistently and I'll have periods where I can't do much more than walking for a couple weeks at a time. I notice that I don't feel as good. I miss those endorphins. I like there's, there's just so many benefits to strength mm. training or moving your body in general, really. Mm. Um, that's just kind of my favorite way. But, you know, I've also been trying to like get into other things since I've been injured and try like reformer Pilates and do some more like just walks and hikes. And I love hiking. That's my like, if I could hike every day, if I lived like at the bottom <laughs> of a mountain, I'd be the happiest human ever. <laughs> like, have you ever hiked? Yeah. I've never hiked. What? You've never hiked? No. I mean, I've walked up hills. You, you know, hiking, but, uh, hiking doesn't just mean like you've got the stick, yeah, the you hiking don't boots, and the backpack and going for yeah. two days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, I would consider what I, when I lived in LA, I lived right near Canyon and yeah. I, Runyon Canyon. I did that like every day. That's a hike. Yeah. Oh, I've like done a, that. Just like yeah, a, so I have a hiked. mountain walk. I'm also okay. a hiker. Okay. okay. There you go. Add it to the repertoire. <laughs> it is true though. When you think hiking, you're like, yeah, there's rock climbing like, yeah, involved. Like a backpack. You're like away a, for a week. Definitely a Katmandu backpack. Yeah, yeah I don't know if I can do like an overnight <laughs> yeah. hike, but I love the ones where you do have to like climb up things. Yeah. They're my favorite. It's yeah. like hard to find them, but you know, it's yeah. so satisfying. Just, you just feel like such an active gal. Like, standing on top of the mountain. Like, yes. I love it. And Sammy, we wanted to ask you too, before we go, For everyone listening, if they're struggling with their mindset around um, the way they feel about their body, Mm -hmm. what is one thing that you would want them to take away from this conversation? If it's a tool or a way of thinking? Well, one of my favorite strategies is one that I use actually quite a lot in my counseling clients when they have body image concerns is to get them to write down a list of things that they like about themselves. And it has to be written. Can't just swirl around in your head. Write it down and try and get it to at least 20 things of just things that you feel like they don't necessarily have to be unique to you, but just that have nothing to do with your body. So it could be that you're really funny or generous or have, I don't know, a really unique skill, like your cool party trick or something. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is that you're like, hey, I like this about me and maybe other people like this about me, write it down. And when you're having a bad body image day and you're, you know, not feeling good, you don't fit into your jeans, whatever it might be, pull out that list pick something on that list and try and think of as many examples as possible of that that are linked to a memory. So if you have, I'm really funny on the list, right? Okay, today I put my jeans on, I'm not feeling very good. You know how that dark cloud can just like mm. stay so funky yeah. and ruin your whole day. Um, all right, I'm funny is on the list. Okay, what are some times I can remember of being really funny and telling a joke or like a Finally story? Finally made my partner laugh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> or just, you know, those nights where you're just like crying, laughing yes, with your friends, just the having best. the best time. Think of how that felt in that moment and think about if I, you know, was bigger or smaller, if I looked different in any way, would that necessarily change that moment? And 99.9% of the time, the answer is no. Mm -hmm. You can have the most amazing memories. You can impact other people. You can love who you are, regardless of how your body looks. It's okay if you do want to look a certain way, like that's not a problem, but it's it's not who you are. It's not the main thing. It's just like this teeny, teeny tiny little slice of you and there's so much more to love. And I mm. think when we get swept up in this, we give, you know, if you were a pie chart and it's like 2% of you is your body, but you give like 80% of your attention to this tiny little yeah. slice and all of these other things just get so ignored. So that's one thing that I can be really helpful. So everyone do that. Grab a piece of paper and write down 20 things that you love about yourself. If you get stuck, or, um, like send a text to like a pie partner or a friend be like, hey, just doing this little self-development thing. Sammy and the kick girls told me to. <laughs> or what are some things that you like about
about me and I love getting clients to do that in particular because then their friends send them things and they send a couple of things back and it's this really cute little interaction because sometimes you're really surprised with like what other people love you for and you're like, oh, I didn't even realize that. It has that nothing I did to that. do with your body. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Oh, I love that. That's such good advice. Thank you, Sammy. And as we said, for anyone who wants to hear more from you, your strength classes are in the app now. Also, your affirmations are in the app now as well, which are just wonderful. Thank you for being you. Thank you for being a part of Kick. We are so lucky yeah. to have you and so grateful to have you. And thank you for coming on the pod today. Thank you, guys. And also, where can people find you on socials? Oh, yes. yes. Um, so my Instagram is Sammy Rose, S-A-M-I, just one M. Um, everything, there's a link in my bio that takes you to my counselling services, my TikTok, all those good things. So I also answer all of my DMs. So if you have any questions, just wow. send away. She's that said it, guys. I'm like, I'm on to it. <laughs> I mean, but, you know, gates. only the appropriate ones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for listening, guys. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you ever want to get involved with our podcast, maybe we're talking about a segment, you have something relatable you want to chat about, a DNM, questions, um, please send your voice notes or your stories to us at KickPod, where you can DM us directly. Um, and you can also keep up with everything that we're doing on the podcast there as well. You can see the video content that we share and any other questions or updates. We want to get you guys involved. You sure can. And if you want to find out more about Kick, you can download the app on the Google Play or the Apple Store. We have got a free seven-day trial. And you can find us on Instagram at Steph Claire Smith at Laurie.Henshaw and on TikTok at Kick. We will chat to you soon. Bye.